chapter 29. So if you want to turn there, you may. We're going to be in chapter 29, starting in verse 1. And after I'm done reading the scripture, Pastor Kate Swanson is going to come and deliver the sermon for today. Verse 1. This is the text of the letter of the prophet Jeremiah sent from Jerusalem to the remaining exiled elders, the priests, the prophets, and all the people Nebuchadnezzar had deported from Jerusalem to Babylon. This was after King Jeconiah, the queen mother, the court officials, the officials of Judah and Jerusalem, the craftsmen and the metalsmiths had left Jerusalem. He sent the letter with Elasa, son of Shapham, and Jeremiah, son of Hilkiah, whom Zedekiah, king of Judah, sent to Babylon, king of Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. The letter stated, This is what the Lord, the armies of God of, of Israel, says to all the exiles I deported from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat their produce. Find wives for yourselves and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters to men in marriage so that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there. Do not decrease. Pursue the well-being of the city I have deported you to. Pray to the Lord on its behalf. For when it thrives, you will thrive. For this is what the Lord of the armies The God of Israel says, don't let your prophets who are among you and your diviners deceive you and don't listen to the dreams you elicit from them for they are prophesying falsely to you in my name. I have not sent them. This is the Lord's declaration. For this is what the Lord says. When 70 years for Babylon are complete, I will attend to you and will confirm my promise concerning you to restore you to this place. For I know the plans I have for you This is the Lord's declaration. Plans for your well-being, not for your disaster, to give you a future and a hope. You will call to me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. I will be found by you. This is the Lord's declaration. I will restore your fortunes and gather from you from all the nations and places where I banished you. This is the Lord's declaration. I will restore you to the place where I had, which I deported you. This is the word of the Lord. Well, good morning, church family. Good morning, good morning. It is so good to be with you today. My name is Kate Swanson. I have the joy of serving our church as executive pastor. And today, we are closing out our vision series following Jesus from fear to love. And we've talked about this for the last three weeks. What does this mean? How is God leading our church in this new season? What does Jesus want of his church and how does he want it uniquely expressed in the people of Red Hills? So here's the narrative or what we would call our dream or mission statement. We have a dream that one day all people in our community would be fully embraced fully transformed in Christ. But the problem is our world is driven by fear and thus we create cultures of division, isolation, and shame. That is why we exist to foster a community following Jesus from fear to love. And this statement is part of our trellis. It's part of the structure our church is using to abide in the vine. 
And we created this diagram of concentric circles in how we step into this calling. This imagery was Holy Spirit inspired, like a drop in still water and the ripple effects that go out. We begin at the center where we, either as new Christians or have been walking with Jesus for a long time, see that holistic spiritual formation is at the core. We need to be formed by Jesus. We need to spend time with him in prayer, in the scriptures, communing with our Savior to be continually transformed by him from the inside out. But as Jesus followers, it doesn't stop at our personal relationship with Jesus. Our love and devotion spills over into all the areas of our lives and with everyone that we meet. We extend generous belonging to those around us the same way Jesus reached out to so many who were not like him. And last week, Pastor Lane discussed humble peacemaking, not peacekeeping, but understanding how we are to work for reconciliation, forgiveness, humility, and harmony. The foot-washing images that he shared where Jesus knelt down before people and there were different people on the seat, different political figures, different people in our community, different people that are biblical characters we look to. And we can see all of them as beloved of God because it's not about who's sitting on the seat, it's about who's washing the feet. And if you have missed a few weeks, please, I encourage you, go listen to the podcast or on our YouTube because we will continue to share how God is moving through Red Hills in these themes woven through scripture and how we as a church are to contend for the kingdom of heaven here on earth. And that leads us to today's message on loving service. We believe that life with Jesus transforms our lives in a way that invites us into selfless, sacrificial love. Christ did not come to be served, but to serve. When we love people by serving them, we honor Jesus. Following Jesus is about so much more than our personal salvation. Though it's important, our personal experience with Jesus is not the end of the journey. Christians are invited to lovingly serve those around them and their communities. And we believe our surrounding community should know us as, and our church as a place that they can come to when they have a need. We should have a reputation for being a people who help make our community better. This is where we turn to the passage that Pastor Lane just read. This section of scripture is all about serving others, especially those who think, act, and believe differently than us. It's all about contending for the city around us because this is not our heavenly home, but God wants to bring a bit of heaven to earth through us. Jeremiah is writing a letter to the Israelites after they have been conquered by the Babylonians. In the beginning of this passage, it shares that Since the Israelites resisted the Babylonians so much, King Nebuchadnezzar took all of their professional classes, their officials, the leaders in their churches and courts, and those who were skilled workers, and made them move into the Babylonian culture. This process was cultural assimilation. The hope is that a few generations will go by and the Jewish will lose all of their culture. But note this letter from Jeremiah uh, the, the words spoken by the prophet, he, God is telling them three specific things to do 
while they are under Babylonian rule. They are to settle down, they're to maintain their heavenly citizenship, and they are to love sacrificially. The first one is this, settle down. Jeremiah is saying, make this your home. Build houses, plant gardens, have offspring. The Israelites were not only deported out of their city, they were deported out of a place where everyone thought like them and prayed like them. They were overthrown by another empire, and while they were not prisoners of war, they were definitely detainees of this battle. The Lord instructed them to build houses in an unclean land, to take Jewish wives and marry and produce offspring, and they were to work for the welfare of their oppressors. And those Jeremiah is addressing, um, he's calling them exiles. In verse 1, Jeremiah says, the remaining exiled elders, which we draw parallels to Peter and James in the New Testament, beginning their letters, addressing the exiles, which can also be translated as resident aliens. They are to build an entirely new life where everything is foreign to them. And if someone overthrows me, I, I want to know who, who's doing it, who's causing this to happen. And in the midst of their displacement, the scripture notes that God had his hand over the exile. Verse 1 says, King Nebuchadnezzar sent you into exile. Verse 4 says, the God of Israel, I deported you. Social Forces brought you into this situation, but God is using the social forces to bring purpose to it. God is saying, this season is going to refine you. God has a greater plan for the city he had placed them in, bigger than the oppression and displacement that they were feeling, and it was bigger than their lifetime. This prophecy wouldn't be completed for 70 years. So you need to do the work but your children and grandchildren are going to bear the fruit. They're going to be the ones that are restored. They're going to be the ones that their fortunes are brought back to. They will be the ones who get to go back home. And so while they are in exile in an unknown land, forced to be there by pagan oppressors, they are to contend for heaven on earth. We look to the Lord's Prayer, right? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When we pray this, we are asking the Lord to displace evil of this world and bring us back into his original creation. Peace, love, unity, relationship with our creator. And how does this happen? Jesus came to save us and show us how. Jesus came from heaven to earth to be with us and show us how to love like he did. Jesus chose relationship with us and to work through us in this task. John 1, 14 reads, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. We observed his glory, the glory of the one and only son from the father, full of grace and truth. The phrase dwelt among us is a Greek term, skenao, which means to fix one's tabernacle or pitch one's tent. So the verse reads as this, the word became flesh and tabernacled among us. Jesus came down and dwelt among his people. Jeremiah is reminding and saying that there is work to be done. God is calling them to this. They are to work 
and await the fulfillment of God's promises. Heaven is wherever we put our feet. As the people of God, empowered by the Holy Spirit, we are to be the living embodiment of heaven come to earth, skenaoing, tabernacling wherever we go. When people encounter us, they should feel the love of God. They should see a glimpse of heaven, and they should see a hope of a new creation. This letter from Jeremiah calls the people of God to care and establish themselves in the city. This had me really curious about our city. So if you live in a surrounding area, I love you and I see you. But we're going to take a moment just to focus on Newburgh, where our church is planted. I moved to Newburgh in 2007, so I've been an Oregonian and a resident for 15 years. And I've watched Newburgh grow and expand, not necessarily in in space, because we have urban boundaries, but in population. So I pulled our last couple of census reports, and I love numbers and spreadsheets, so why not include them in my preaching? (laughs) All right, so these are the last um, few decades of census reports. And you might say, eh, we've we've increased about 4,000 people between 2000 and 2010. Not that big of a deal. Or you might say, oh, it was another about... 3,000 between the next set of 10 years. Not that big a difference. But just the city of Newburgh has increased 39% in these 20 years. That is huge. As our cities increase in population, there is a greater need for community, camaraderie, and care. As our schools fill up and our funding goes down, Do we have deep roots enough to say we'll show up for our teachers? As our stores fill up and the lines get longer, are we a non-anxious presence and see and care for the person that might be bagging our groceries? With the call of God on our lives, we have said that this is my home and I care about making it a better place. This is what Jeremiah is asking the Israelites to do for 70 years. As we enter the city, as we call this place home, or Sherwood, or Dundee, or McMinnville, or St. Paul, or Lafayette, or fill in the blank with your city, we are to be rooted in the city. Maybe you're at George Fox and you believe you'll just be here for a short period of time. I attended George Fox. I grew up in Boise, Idaho. I did not think I was going to live in Oregon after I graduated. Make this your home, even if it's a short season, even if it's a short while. Settle here, call it home, serve it well, pray for its prosperity. The next point that God is making through Jeremiah is to maintain their heavenly citizenship. Let's look at what God is asking here. You're asking me to work for the flourishing of our oppressors. God, you're asking us to interact and extend peace to our pagan captors. The Jews had to wonder, were they supposed to be in the city and contend for those that were not the chosen people of God? And for them to have well-being? Yes, all of it. This section of scripture reminds me where Paul shares in Philippians 3, Our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly wait for a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. So what do we do while we're here? We are to be ambassadors for Christ. I've heard this 
many times in my life. I don't think I captured it until I really had to unpack this section in Jeremiah. What do ambassadors do? They move to a foreign country, representing their home country. They become fluent in the language. They appreciate the culture. They build trust and respect those around them and have a mutual relationship with the leadership. But they never forget that they're representing their home. They are the living embodiment of their home in a foreign land, and they are there to serve their home and serve the relationship with the people. Paul shares the same sentiment in 2 Corinthians. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. Since God is making his appeal through us, we plead on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Have you ever joined a club? Maybe it was in like high school or college. Maybe you're part of a small business organization or you joined a group that surrounds your hobby. Maybe you were part of a sport at some point in time. Mine was a long time ago. And, and while we wear our letterman's jackets or we have like a special name badge or we add our affiliation to our LinkedIn profiles, these spaces are not our identity. While we represent our school or club or group, that does not make up who you are. We can get lost in the labels we put on ourselves or the roles we've scratched our way to climb or the titles that give us authority. But this passage doesn't say, it, doesn't ma- it says it doesn't matter what club you're a part of. When you belong to God, your most important title is representing the kingdom of God. Your highest calling and purpose and identity is to point people to Jesus, whether that's smiling and talking to your neighbor or extending good business practices or shaking someone's hand and saying good game after a hard loss. God is calling us to this kind of resident alien, exiled elder ambassadorship that is extending, is contending for the kingdom of heaven here on earth and introducing people to the love of Jesus with a patch on my chest that says, this is not my home, but I hope you know the goodness of where I'm sent from, and I want you to experience the love of Jesus too. The third point is this. We are called to love sacrificially. We are to seek the peace, which is the full shalom and prosperity, full thriving and flourishing of the city we are sent Seek and pray for spiritual, social, and economic flourishing. Because if it prospers, you will prosper. There is sacrifice in this. When we talk about loving service, you can't love someone without sacrificing something. Look at any of your relationships, friendship, family, marriage. None of them work if you are solely focused on yourself. A friendship requires listening and attentiveness. A parent has to sacrifice their nostrils and change diapers and and kiss boo-boos. You can tell what stage of life I'm in right now. And a marriage requires compromise and care, attentiveness in communicating and serving one another. Now, if you have ever been in conflict with anyone, if you have been hurt or angry or feel broken, it can be really hard to pray for that other person. 
That is what the Lord calls the Jews to do for Babylon. Pray for their shalom. Pray for them to thrive. Matthew 5, 44 through 45. This is from Sermon on the Mount, which is our new series starting next week. Jesus says, But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be children of your Father in heaven, for he causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. So while we are here, we are to seek the welfare of the city in which we are sent. Because when we embody God's life-giving love and we contend for heavenly practices here in this time, we point people to the God from who these good things come from. We have work to do while we're in exile, awaiting the fulfillment of God's promises. Work for the welfare of the city in which you are sent into exile. Work for the flourishing of the humans around us. And this is the story God has woven in the middle. There's one of our maybe favorite scriptures. You might know it. It's Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. It hits a little bit different when you understand the kind of sacrificial love to extend while in exile. Whether God's kingdom is in physical power or not, people should know us and know what kind of kingdom he has through us. A kingdom characterized by the goodness of heaven. We're going to take time for communion together now. I know this is a little bit earlier than, than when we normally take com- communion, so please don't check out yet. You can go ahead and grab your elements. And the practice of communion or the Lord's Supper is for those who profess Jesus as Lord. And if you aren't there yet, that's totally okay. We're so glad that you're here and you are welcome. Um, We invite you to just simply hold the elements in your hand. But before we partake in this practice, I want to take time to process this kind of call and commission and ask the Lord what he wants us to step into next. I'm going to give some space for you to pray and discern and hear from heaven on how God is stirring you to settle down, claim heavenly citizenship, and love sacrificially. We're going to take about a a minute to individually pray together. When Jesus came to earth, he moved into the neighborhood. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. His ultimate goal was the reconciliation of all people unto a loving creator. 
He was the humble sacrifice by which we were given new life, eternal life. And he gave up his life and died for his enemies. He died for those who persecuted him. He died for those who oppressed him. Because everything about him represented the kingdom of heaven. He died for them, and he died for you. Romans 5, 8 says, But God proves his own love for us, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So we take out the bread, which represents Jesus' body, broken for us. On the night Jesus was betrayed, he, he took the bread, he gave thanks for it, and he broke it. And he instructed his disciples to partake of it. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's take it together. And we hold the cup that represents Jesus' blood shed for us. In the same way, Jesus gave thanks for it and said, this is the new covenant poured out for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's drink together. Jesus, we are so thankful for your humble sacrifice. We are so thankful for the way that you extend love even when we don't have it all right, even when we're broken, even if we're far away from you, Lord. That you love us and you see us, that you sacrificed your life for us to give us new life. We thank you for this gift. We thank you for who you are and how you are moving. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Okay, I wanted to have space for the scripture and the sacrament together. And while I shared three points of the sermon, I wanted to share how we as the body of Christ can take actionable steps to contend for heaven here on earth. One of the ways is linking arms as the body of Christ. To be honest, the first few years I called this my church home, I was not serving. And then someone approached me and asked if I could greet. And I said, okay, I can say hello to people. <laughs> I can do that. I'm an extrovert. I want to be where the people are. <laughs> and so, uh, so I signed up and wanted to hang out with people and say hello. And then I was asked if I could help with a women's event. Okay, I love event planning. I can do that. So I started to help out with women's ministries. Then I saw a listing that uh, was asking for help with the church's social media. And I was like, I do that every day for my job. I could do that during my lunch breaks and stepped into that. And slowly over time, God began using the giftings that came naturally, the things that I found easy and fun to expand my community and deepen my faith and walk with him. And when I walk into this place on Sundays, I am overwhelmed with gratitude for the way I see our church family show up and serve one another. This is a deeply scriptural concept being lived out in our church. Peter says we are living stones being built into a spiritual house. Paul says in Ephesians that when the whole body is joined together, every ligament, we are built up in love every part doing its work. Because trust me, church would not happen without the nearly 250 volunteers that serve on a monthly basis. But with nearly 1,100 people calling Red Hills their church home, there is more kingdom work to contend for. And let me preface, our hope um, is to equip the saints. 
our hope is to be able, in, in our church and along with the heart of our ministry partners, is to find, your, find and discover your God-given gifts, things that come naturally to you, and find a place where you can serve, serve out of love and abundance of what God has given you. So guys, can you tell I like numbers? I crunched more numbers. <laughs> Here is a breakdown of what it takes to make a Sunday morning happen. All those numbers next to each of our teams, that is the minimum amount to make a Sunday happen. And then uh, also for youth, we have Sunday night youth group as well. So those are youth leaders serving on Sunday nights. 125 positions, that is a lot. So, um, and this is kind of just the breakdown, but we have our worship team that does an incredible job up here. Um, I know they're looking for drummers and more key players. Our tech and media, which makes our live stream happen. Thank you, tech team, for making live stream happen. I love you, online church. And so camera operators and slide operators. We've got guest services, which is greeting and cafe and all the ways that we welcome people into this space. We've got kids classes that are pouring into our young kiddos ages zero up to fifth grade and our youth. We've got a middle school class on Sunday mornings and youth group on Sunday nights. Guys, our youth group grew 30% over the summer, which is why, like over the summer, like wonderful. So they're needing more people to just walk alongside youth and care for them. And our prayer team, which is here in the front on Sunday mornings, to pray for you individually and pray over our prayer requests each week. Those are the 125 Sunday positions. And then uh, we also have men's and women's ministries that have quarterly events and retreats, as well as our meals ministry. This one kind of flies under the radar sometimes, but it is to serve family, families with uh, meals really when they're going through hard times, when they're welcoming a new baby, going through surgery. This is an incredible ministry to care for people and literally take something off of their plate, right? So, and put something on it and give it to them. So these are the areas to serve. You can scan that QR code. You can visit the serve page. If you wanna jump onto a team, our next steps is happening after all of our gatherings today. Brett will be in there and he would love to connect with you and just talk with you about where you feel God is calling you in to serve. And we also have our For the City initiatives. This is the reason why we named it For the City is out of this Jeremiah scripture. We're contending for the city. We are hoping and praying for its prosperity. And so we have two teams right now. Our community dinners team is um, on the third Wednesdays. It's coming up. So if you'd love to serve, we'd love to connect with you. But this is part of a larger community effort where every weeknight there is a hot meal served for free in Newburgh. And so we partnered with River Street Church of God where they had a team working every single week of the month and we're like, we would love to take one week so that your volunteer team doesn't have to serve all month long. And we, we do need more people serving in this place. So if you'd like to just block out the third Wednesday or if you have availability, we'd love to connect with you. Our haircuts ministry also works, works with Love Inc., which I'll explain more in a second. But Love Inc. Um, is wonderful. And we've been able to give away free haircuts from licensed hairstylists um, to serve our community more. This happens on the fourth Tuesdays. So if you'd love to partner, even if you don't cut hair, we're making coffee and we're greeting people and welcoming them in. So that's a way to serve as well as we contend for the city. 
And lastly, we have our ministry partners. These are our local ministry partners. If you visit our missions page on our website, it's got our global and our missionaries. But these are our local ministry partners. So Love, Inc., the best way to describe it, it is the link of all the churches in Newburgh. So they have clients, they do intake. Someone is in need, they go to Love, Inc. and chat with them, and then they get sent out to all the churches. So haircuts, community dinners, that's part of ours. There's a bike ministry, there's a wood ministry, there's all for heating fireplaces, that sounded, fireplaces. And they, um, to explain it, and so they, they serve our community at large through the churches. So they're always looking for administrative help as well as relational ministry, which is walking alongside someone being a friend to someone, showing up for them, listening to their story. That starts in a few weeks, so they would love if you would like to do relational ministry as well. Vine Medical is our pregnancy and counseling center in Lafayette. This serves both McMinnville and Newburgh and surrounding areas. This, these are for teen moms and those who are having unexpected pregnancies, families that are walking through it. It's, um, it's an incredible ministry to love and care for people. And so if you would like to get connected with them, they offer tours so you can go in and see their ultrasound machine and their nurses. So they would love to, to uh, hear from you, connect with you, and also do the same thing. Find somewhere that's connected to your heart to serve in that way. Young Life and Fellowship of Christian Athletes, both of these ministries are serving our middle school, high schoolers, college age in town. So if you would love to partner with and serve the youth in this area, this is a great way to get connected. Again, you can visit our page over on our missions page and scan the QR code if you're interested in connecting with them. But all of this, all of this is how our church contends for the prosperity of our city. All of this is part of the way that we love and serve one another and our greater community. All of this is part of us stepping into that calling of God, of having loving service for our city and beyond. So I'm going to invite Pastor Lane up. We're going to take some time, and we love to just uh, do a little commissioning. So Pastor Lane. Thank you, Pastor Kate. Yeah, we wanted to um, take some time at the end of this service to commission you. Uh, we like to say something around here that those of us who are on church staff, we are not the only ones in full-time ministry in this church. All of you, whether or not you realize it, you're in full-time ministry. No matter your vocation, your walk of life, your stage of life, our primary vocation as followers of Jesus is to contend for the kingdom of heaven, to usher in the gospel. And sometimes that looks like what Kate described. There's lots of teams you can serve on. There's places in the church that you can serve on. There's places in the community where we have programs that reach in. But there's also ways in, in the crevices and corners of your lives where you are being faithful to Jesus that we will never see. And we want to understand that wherever you go, wherever you plant your feet, that's where heaven goes to. And so sometimes we need a, a shift in our mindset to go from thinking that, well, the people that are on the stage, people that like go to church, which is not this building, but we think it's this building, that they're the ones who are doing ministry. But no, it's all of us. You are the church. Wherever you put your feet, that's where the church of God goes. And so we wanted to take a moment just to bless you and to pray for you so that you can be sent into whatever context you find yourself bringing the kingdom of heaven to earth. And so that's how we wanted to pray this morning.
And we're going to have people here along the front of the stage as well available to pray for you. If you are um, asking deeper questions about what that looks like, if you're like, you know what, I've been in my workplace for a few years, I've been a stay-at-home parent for a few years, I, I want to explore more of what it looks like to be an ambassador, to be a sent one into this world for the kingdom, then they would love to pray for you. They'd love to anoint your head with oil and to um, bless you as you go into the world. So why don't we stand together? I'm going to pray for us. And I'll say a simple benediction blessing over you as you get sent out into your uh, context. If you feel comfortable, you can go ahead and hold your hands out in front of you as a posture of receiving what the Lord has for us this morning. Holy Spirit, we invite you to fall afresh on your people this morning. We pray that there would be a fresh wind, that there would be new breath, new life in our lungs. I pray that every single person in this room would feel energized would feel inspired, that wherever they go, wherever they put their feet, that they would find themselves in the middle of your mandate to go and to represent the kingdom, to be an ambassador of light in this world. God, would you instill a confidence in us? Would you instill an excitement in us that what we get to do is the most important thing on the planet, and that's represent you? Lord, we thank you that you go with us wherever we go. And so may you be men and women who whatever corner of context that you find yourself, wherever you go, whatever vocation, whatever stage of life, may you embrace your identity as an ambassador of Christ, contending for heaven to come to earth wherever you go. Amen. We love you so much. Uh, thanks for being here. We love you. Um, if you are new and you brought a Connect card, drop it off at the tent. If you want to go to Next Steps and find out more about our community and how to get plugged in, you can go to the meeting room. Until then, we will see you next time. Have a good one.